Okay, we're in Psalm chapter 84. Psalm 84. If you want to turn there, that'd be great. Psalm 84. So the church as we know it uh, is a New Testament thing. It's a New Testament. Jesus Christ started the church. Uh, and obviously we're turning to the Old Testament now. So God's people have been meeting for years and thousands of years before the New Testament church began. So there's some basic principles we can learn about gathering together as God's people from the Old Testament. So I hope you're not alarmed by the fact we're preaching about the church uh, from the Old Testament, looking at the gathering of God's people from Psalm 84. Most of you would know that the Psalms, the book of Psalms, are a collection of songs, right? And so these were the, the hymn book of the nation of Israel. And so today I thought I'd do something different. Today I will sing for you Psalm 84. Not, I just want to see if you're awake or not. I'm not going to do that today. Uh, but Psalm 84 would, would have been sung by uh, the people of the, the nation of Israel. Uh, in fact, look at the title here. The, the title is the first little part of the uh, verse number one. To the chief musician upon Giddeth. A Psalm for the Sons of Korah. All right, so that's the title of the, the introduction to the song. And it says, This is a song upon Giddeth. What does that mean? Well, Giddeth, we are not 100% sure, but we believe it's a musical instrument. Do we have any Giddeth players here today? This song was meant to be sung, so I can't sing it today because we have no Giddeth player. If we had a Giddeth player, I'd be more inclined to show my talents, but I won't because there's no Giddeth players, right? So Giddeth was a string, they believe, a stringed instrument maybe associated with the area of Gath, where the Philistines were from, and so that's the idea. of This song was meant for the Giddeth, and it was a song by the, for the sons of Korah, and so it introduces the song that way. And we don't really know the human author of the psalm. It's not really said. Sometimes it says the psalm of David. This one does not say for sure. Here's what we do know. The author is looking back toward Jerusalem in his heart. Maybe, maybe even physically, but in his heart. He's looking back toward Jerusalem. Some believe the author was David, maybe, King David. Uh, a time where David was off in battle and maybe looking back in his heart toward Jerusalem. Maybe the time when he had to flee Jerusalem because his son Absalom rebelled against him and he was away from Jerusalem for some time. And so we don't know for sure. Um, but whatever that we can notice this about the heart and mind of the author is he's not missing the comforts of home. He's not talking about the climate that he's missing. You know, uh, we, My daughter and her husband are here from Winnipeg to visit deep south here in Ontario from so they came here for the climate all right so uh, this is their summer this is their vacation to get away from the weather there and so maybe he's not looking back in his mind to the climate of Jerusalem or the comforts of home or his own bed or he's not singing about like getting back to the throne and ruling and reigning what's on his heart and on his mind we'll see that here as we begin reading let's pray and we'll begin reading in verse number one let's pray first father thank you for the time together the opportunity to study your word. I pray that you give us some clarity and instruction today from your word. In your name we pray. Amen. Psalm 84, verse number one, just after the title, we'll start picking up the psalm. How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. Verse number two, my soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. Yea, the sparrow hath found an house, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young, even the, uh, thine altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will, still, they will be still praising thee 
Selah. That's the word Selah is a musical term, right? It means to rest, to pause. And just out of uh, Bible study, you can look down to verse number eight. You find that word Selah at the end of that. So it's kind of this, this psalm is kind of broken down into three sections. First four verses and a rest. And the second four verses and a rest. And the last four verses and a rest. It means to pause, think about, consider as we move forward. So we'll stop there with our reading right now in verse number four. He starts out, how amiable are thy tabernacles. That means how lovely, how, how much I love thy ta- the, the, the greeting place, the meeting place of your people. I, I long for that. That's what's on his heart and mind. It's not his bed or his throne. It's, it's God's people and, and the gathering of God's people. I long, how amiable, how lovely are they. So this afternoon I want to share with you several reasons why, from Psalm 84, why church is a place to belong. I think there's some great truth here about what makes church a great place to be and a great place to belong. Number one, it ought to be a place to refresh your relationship. A place to ref- refresh your relationship. These, look at these strong words that he uses here. He says, my soul longeth and fainteth. My heart and flesh cry out. It's almost a, a love song for the church. Just like a, a, maybe a young soldier who's off at battle. And he's running back to his fiance who's back at home and how he longed for her. And fa- my heart faints for you. This is the author saying this about the church, the gathering of God's people, the getting together, the tabernacles, the house of God. I just long, I, I faint after that. My heart and my flesh cry out. So as he looked back to Jerusalem, he longed for the gathering of God's people. A strong desire, this strong desire to be back was built on his relationship. He says there in, in these verses about, in verse number two, he, my heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. I have a relationship with a living God. I serve a risen, living God. We serve a risen Savior. Old Testament, he served a living God, not just a, a dead God, not just a false God, not just an idol. He served a living God. This relationship drove him to the, the house of God. I hope that you're driven to come to church and fellowship and gather, whether it be Sunday morning, Wednesday night, other Bible studies, by the, your relationship with a living God. It's not just a club that you belong to, it's a place that you belong. And so the house of God was meant that for this author. I have a relationship with the living God. He also says later on, in the end of verse 3, he says, my king and my God. And so we see this great relationship that drives him. And he wants to get back to the house of God to refresh this relationship. Now, let me be very clear. Church, church gatherings, Bible studies are not the only places or even, listen, the best places to build a relationship with God. You want to build a relationship with God in your own house, in your own time, on your own with your God. But a church is a great place to refresh that relationship and keep things fresh. I hope you come to learn and to grow and to experience the the working of God in our presence. And the the music ought to lift your soul. It's a place to refresh your relationship that you've been building Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and come on Sunday to refresh the relationship. You see that? And so his soul is agonizing and longing to be with God's people. It's a great place to refresh your relationship. Number two, and I love verse number three. It's a place to raise your family. I believe the church is a great place to raise your family. I raised my girls in this church. 
This is where my girls used to sit up here and goof off during church, and I had to get after them. Not my girls. My girls would never do that. But my, I'm, you've, many of you have raised your kids in the church. It's a great place to raise a family. Look at verse number three. Yea, the sparrow hath found a house, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young, even her... Uh, thine, even on thine altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Talks about these little, here's a word picture, a little bird building a nest on the altar. Obviously, I think this is a word picture. I don't think this is literally when you walked into the temple on the, on the altar, there's all these bird nests. I don't think this is literally what's going on. It's a word picture of a, a place of peace and a place of uh, where there's provision, a place where a bird would build its nest and have their little babies there. And it's a great place to raise a family. I'd encourage young parents, build your nest in the church. Build your, build your family. Into, figure out your schedule and, and the church schedule and make it work. It's not easy today. I, I know. I understand. It's hard to mesh schedules, right? But I'm telling you from experience, and I think I have backing from the Word of God in verse 80, chapter 84, that the church is a great place to raise a family and to build your life around the activities and the worship and the service of a church. I, I love to see little kids sleeping in church. Not so much for adults and teenagers. I love to see little kids sleeping in church. It means that, I mean, I, I remember seeing, I, I love seeing uh, you know, our pastors, family after church, you know, crashed out on the front pew sometimes. Your kids laying around. I, I, I know kids sometimes, you know, cause a little bit of commotion, a little more chaos. That's life in kids, though. Church is a great place to raise a family. There's a lot of good things that your kids will learn at church. The truth of God's word, morality, community, respect, friendship, working. All these things are biblical principles that we try to apply here as a church. The church is a great place to refresh your personal relationship, but it's also a great place to raise your family. In verse number three. Let's move on. Let's read again verses four, and we'll go on to verse six. Blessed... Are they that dwell in thy house, they will be still praising thee. Selah. Think about that. Verse number five. And we've been talking in our Bible study about looking for repeating words. Well, here's a repeating word. You see, verse four, blessed. Verse five, blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the ways of them, who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. The word blessed there is an interjection. How happy. How happy. It's, a, it's an exciting word. How happy is the man who has his dwelling place with the Lord. To dwell means to sit down, not just passing through. You're dwelling in the house of God, verse number four. Blessed, how happy is a man who sits down and becomes acquainted and becomes familiar with the house of God. Those that dwell in the, in the church and dwell in the house of God, will, the Bible says there in verse number four, will, will be still praising thee. They'll be still praising thee. See, after living in the world for a few days, it's good just to come to the house of God and get recharged a little bit. You don't have to worry about the, the, the mess of the world. You come in here and you just kind of let your guard down and just be uh, with God's people, refreshed and recharged. It says that we'll be still praising God. The word still has the idea of cons a, a consistent walk. It, it's Still. Still. I remember going back, when we used to go back to visit my home church. I grew up in Cleveland Baptist Church. 
And one of my teachers was Lou Engel, grade three. And I'd go back when I was in my 20s and my 30s. Jim Jones, another guy. Some of you know Jim Jones, another guy in the church. I'd go back there and guess who I'd see? Lou Engel, Jim Jones. I, I watched Mrs. Thompson's funeral. You know who sang at Mrs. Thompson's funeral? Jim Jones, my fourth grade Sunday school teacher. You know what he's doing? He's still praising God. He's still praising God. Decades later, he's still praising God. And, and so that consistency, that continued, the church is a great place to build consistency. Um, it's a great place to um, still be praising. The idea of praising is a positive spirit, not a negative spirit. Where there's a consistency of praising. I hope that church for you is a place that you come and brings a positive spirit to you, not go home and have a critical spirit about something. There's all kinds of things we can criticize. There's, I, have, I have a list of things. In fact, if I look at my own life, I can make a list of things that I can criticize, right? But yet the author says, as we dwell in the church, we'll still be praising God. There's a consistent walk, a positive spirit. And it says there um, in verse number 6 about the valley of Baca or Baca. What does that mean? Well, the idea of Baca or Baca means weeping. <laughs> the valley of weeping. And life does pass through the valley of weeping. Now, let me understand that sometimes your life goes through the valley of weeping. You've been there. Someone's passed away. You've had a hard time, a difficult time. Life drags you through the valley of weeping at times. It happens. And the Bible here says that as we pass through the valley of weeping, we make it a well. <laughs> See, it's always raining in the valley of Baca. It's always, the weather's always bad down there. And it seems like when you're down, something else happens to make you even farther down and farther down and farther down. And so you maybe today are in the valley of Baca, the valley of weeping, the valley of difficulty. And the Bible says as we dwell and as we recharge, uh, uh, come to this church to raise our family to recharge. I don't know if I gave you that. It's a good place to recharge our batteries, number three. That's, that's number three. I skipped that. A good place to recharge your batteries if you're keeping notes. And so here in the valley of Baca, where it's a good place to recharge, the Bible here says that you can, in the valley of weeping as it's raining, you make it a well. <laughs> the valley, while it's raining, look on the bright side, all the pools are getting filled up. <laughs> it says, yeah, maybe you're raining, but look around you, all the pool, there's water, all the pools. So, so maybe how you look at things sometimes, it gives you, yes, it's raining, but the pools are getting filled up. And turn it into a well. <laughs> And so that's what the Bible is saying here. We can go to the church, the house of God, to recharge our batteries. Oh, blessed are we if we do that. Often we're tempted to avoid church when we hit the valley of weeping, right? Oh, man, it's difficult. I've had a bad day. I don't feel like going to church today. I think I'll stay away. The truth of the matter, we ought to run to church, not from church, when we're in the valley of weeping. That's what we need to recharge. That's what we need the most, to be encouraged and lifted up by God's people. It's okay to have a bad day. It's okay to have a bad week. It's okay to have a bad year. It happens to all of us. We're going to have the valley of weeping. It, it comes to each one of us, but can we come to the house of God and turn that valley of weeping into pools of water? It's a great place to recharge your batteries. Lastly, look at verse number 10. We'll skip down. For a day in thy courts... Is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. Today, 
Tino's out there by the door holding the door for people. I said, hey, you're going to be the doorkeeper of the house of God. It's better to be the doorkeeper of the house of God. So I'm going to preach on it today. We have sometimes people out there welcoming, doing things to help out, serving. Can I say this lastly? Church is a place to belong because it's a place to render your service. It's a place to render your service. It's great to serve in the church. It's great to serve through the church and be part of a church. And it's a wonderful thing. I, I've been, again, I've been part of just two churches all my life. And each time I've been able to serve in my church. And I, I look back with fond memories of Cleveland Baptist Church and the service I had. And as a boy going out on a, on a bus route with my dad and some funny things that happened down there. I remember one time in Cleveland, I, in the city of Cleveland, I don't know how this happened. Down, I was, our route was close to downtown in one of the, uh, the poorer neighborhoods. And I came around the corner and I got attacked by a chicken. I don't know where the chicken came from or who had a chicken in their backyard down there, but I got attacked by a chicken in Cleveland. One, t- one time I was, I was ru- the bus runner, so it's my job to run up to the door, knock on the door, get the kids, bring them back to the bus safely. That was my job, right? So I was... Uh, uh, probably 15, 16, I was running up to the door, up this long set of stairs, and they had chain link fence on each side. And I, as I turned the corner, I hooked my pants on the chain link fence, and it ripped it up the seam and across the back. Look at those old flaps from the old. I'm, I, I'm on my way to church. So, and I had to teach Sunday school that day. I was in a Sunday school class ser- you know, serving at church. So, I wrapped my jacket around, <laughs> tied it to the waist, and we, I kept on running, <laughs> flapping in the wind, right? And so I'm just glad my jacket held on. But those are, those are good, fond memories of serving in the church. To this day, these are not important things, but they're fun. Um, to this day, I can pop a wheelie on a wheelchair and hold it indefinitely. Why? Because I served in the church. And there's a wheelchair there that while we were waiting for our parents, we would take turns riding wheelies through the hallways of Cleveland Baptist Church, Unbeknownst to the adults at the time, but we were running wheelies on the, on the wheelchair. So I can still do that today. That's my hidden talent, right? Good memories of hanging around the church. We'd get there early and we would walk laps around our building just talking to people and talking to that, Just hanging out in the church. It's good memories for me. It's a place to render your service. He says one day here is better than a thousand years somewhere else. Even the lowest positions in the church are important. And rewarding. And when I say low, I mean, even define the term lowest. I mean, I shouldn't even use that word, maybe. There are no low positions when you serve the Lord. The lowest position in the household was washing feet, and that's the position Christ took. So there are no low positions. And so anything you do in the local church, it's a great place to give your service to God. It's not the only place. We're learning that in our, in our Bible studies. Not the only place, but it's a great place to give service. Are you involved in serving through your local church? church. If you are, has your service become a duty, not a delight? It can be. It can be. But it ought not to be. Here the author of this psalm says, a day in the courts is better than a thousand years. I'd rather be the doorkeeper in the house of my God than live in the tents of the wicked. I just want to be there. I want to be part of it. I want to be serving. I want to be part of the team. And so folks, today I want to tell you that from Psalm 84, this psalm Church is a great place to belong. And I hope that you feel that you belong at Bible Baptist Church. And if you don't, let me give you some challenges as you come. I pray that you make this a place 
where you can refresh your relationship. I hope that as you come into church together, whether it be, again, Wednesday night ladies Bible study, Wednesday night Bible study, uh, Wednesday night kids program, team, as you come in, can you put aside some things and look at your relationship with the Lord, refresh your relationship as you gather. It's a great place to raise a family. I hope that there'll always be kids in our church. And I hope that uh, there's, there's always every generation represented at Bible Baptist Church. That's a sign of a healthy church. Here's a sign of a healthy church. All generations of people in the church and people at all stages of spiritual development. If we get to the place where all we have is adults and no kids, or all we have is seasoned Christians and no young Christians, shame on us. We're a dying church. We're a dying church. It's a healthy church, and it's a great place to raise a family. It's a great place to recharge your batteries. Come, blessed, I'm blessed, I'm happy. I'm inter- it's interjection to have a positive spirit still praising God all these years and a place for me not only to be recharged and to get something from it, but also to give something. It's a place for me to render my service. It's a great place to be. And I pray that as we study about the church, as we do our Bible studies in a small group about serving in the church, that you'll find a way and a place to serve in the church, and you'll learn to love over again. Remember we talked about the beautiful bride of Christ? Talking about the church? Fall in love again with the church. I hope that when you, if there's a time, for whatever reason, maybe you're sick, maybe you're out of town, you can't be gathering with God's people, that your heart would be just like this psalmist. Oh, how I long for, how I desire, how amiable, how lovely is the court of my God. I just want to be a doorkeeper there. Just let me do something. Let me be involved. Let me have a part. That's our desire and our heart for the church. Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for our time together. Thank you for Psalm 84. I pray that we would practically apply these things in our life and make this a place We look forward to gathering so that we could honor you, glorify you, and recharge our batteries and serve you. Lord, I pray that you'd help us all have the right spirit, have a positive, not critical spirit, help us have that consistent walk. And Lord, all these things, may you be glorified. Thank you, Lord.